Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, I'm geek. I'm f-ing geek. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome in Friday edition of Hardwood Handicappers, uh, the weekly edition. Yes, don't worry. Uh, we got a lot in store today. Mitch Moss of Follow the Money is going to be with us as we discuss everything in the futures market in the association. Mitch is pretty good futures better. He's got a lot going on in a lot of different markets. We'll get his thoughts on that, reflect on some of the ones that I have, and uh, look ahead. I will tell you this. At some point during our conversation with Mitch, we are going to uh, jointly discover a pretty good resume on a guy to win most improved player. We don't want to ruin that. Oh, anyway, with that, really quickly, I want to address one thing that has come down in the last uh, 12 hours or so. It was in the aftermath, the madness of that game between the Clippers and the Lakers yesterday. Ty Lue, after the game, a, uh, a pretty, I think, a pretty shocking statement that went kind of unnoticed, uh, except by some odds makers, um, after the win for the Los Angeles Clippers, in which, oh, dude, big gov. Uh, Big Gov is absolutely spectacular. That, of course, would be uh, one Reggie Jackson. They call him Big Gov because he's always bailing him out. Big government, baby. Uh, Reggie Jackson with the game winner last night for the Los Angeles Clippers. Back and forth game. Great, great contest between some rivals in Southern California. But after the game, Ty Lue, in his media availability, quote, we know Kawhi's probably not going to come back. He said in answering a question about how much has he enjoyed coaching this group that has fought without the team's two franchise stars. To continue the quote, we don't know the status of PG, but these guys continue to keep fighting, end quote. Well, that's something to drop in. We know Kawhi's probably not going to come back. <laughs> that's news. That's news considering the report was he's ahead of schedule in his recovery. We talked with uh, Tamara Azarli, right? 
Last week, we talked about this and the confidence that was exuding from the Clippers franchise about the return of their stars. Now, all of a sudden, ah, yeah, Kawhi's probably not coming back. So, Jeff Sherman of the Westgate Superbook, uh, after I tweeted him the, uh, the Mike Tyson smiling, nodding gif um, of him in the glasses yesterday, sarcastically, because uh, Sherman is a, a very big Lakers fan, and I'm a Clippers fan, um, told me today, moved him back to 101, the Clippers, to win the NBA Finals after, the, after that, <laughs> that massive bomb that Ty Lue dropped in the postgame press conference yesterday. Uh, that's, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. So, we'll see if that's actually the case. Maybe he's playing some games. Who knows? But uh, for Ty Lue to just kind of throw that out there, I think is a pretty big deal in terms of the, the grand scheme of things in the NBA. Uh, all right, really quickly, wanted to touch on two more things. Uh, wanted to actually call back to yesterday, yesterday, last week's podcast, because uh, I brought up a couple of topics that were worth tracking. Uh, first of which was uh, the Indiana Pacers, right? The Indiana Pacers, this new look lineup, uh, these overs, how's that going to look as you move forward with this team? Because if you looked at the way that they had played with these uh, new look lineups out there, since Miles Turner's been out, since uh, Sabonis is not going to be part of these lineups regularly, uh, well, you know, maybe these games are going to start to go over the total. That was on the 28th. Uh, every game has gone over the total since we last talked. So, and now, uh, as of um, today, this is going into Friday's game with the Chicago Bulls, where that total is sitting around 231. 8-2 to the over in the 10 games since Turner's been lost to injury. And that goes into the other one, which is Chicago. So we talked about, and we're going to touch on this with Mitch, so I want to ruin the whole conversation about the big picture with Chicago. It's just worth pointing out with the Bulls, uh, that at this point right now, if you look at the way that their games have been playing out, Alex Caruso, of course, not available. Lonzo Ball, not available. This defense, not exactly one of the best in the NBA. 10-4-1 to the over in their last 15 games. So, you know, as we discussed, two teams that have lost their best defenders, that are playing actually a pretty decent brand of offense, but nothing on the defensive end. Uh, these are two teams that have gone flying over the total recently, and they meet later tonight. Uh, in a matchup of, I don't even know, the Pacers got nothing to play for, and the Bulls have everything to play for. But look for potentially another high-scoring affair. Uh, With that, I don't want to take any more of your time. I thought the conversation with Mitch was awesome. So let's get to it. All right, let's welcome in this week's guest, Mitch Moss. Follow the money, fame, and fortune. You listen to him every single morning. Watch him every single morning. 7 a.m. Eastern time here on VSIN. Part of the dynamic duo with Paul Howard, who I I laugh as I say his name because – um, a lot of a lot of great interactions with Paul. Love Paul. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm kind of. I was telling Will, so I was on with our buddy Will Hill and his podcast. You know, as much as I love the NBA, um, my my mother in law is her, one of her New Year's resolutions because she lives in California is to be uh, like more be around more for the boys, uh, okay. with two yep. children. Yep. And so she's coming for a full week, and she's coming just in time for All Star Week. So like, no NBA handicapping, not that much writing. As much as I love the NBA, I'm very much looking forward to a week off of it, you know? <laughs> oh, man. So what, what do you think about that timing, though? Wouldn't you rather just be buried in the NBA and have her there then, and now you don't have any downtime to deal with her? No, I think I'd rather have, because, like, we're, like, I got plans to take the wife out to, like, a steakhouse. We're going to, like, we're actually going to live, like, okay. like oh, we don't okay. have so children. away from the house quite a bit. That's Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I think I'd rather do that, because she was here for a good minute, and, I, you know, I got to get a lot of work done and all that stuff, like, about a month ago, but uh, yeah. I got to live a little, you know what I mean? Got to get back yeah. to my roots. 
Yeah, you're very young yet. Yeah, love my kids. I swear to God. All right, uh, let's talk some futures. This is why I had you on. Uh, this, you know, you and I text all the time. You know, you're big on the futures, and I like shifting around these futures markets. And you know, I know you've got a bunch. I've got a bunch that I feel pretty good about as well. And I've got some that I don't think are going to win. We're going to have. I got some good prices on, like Franz Wagner, for example, doing Rookie of the Year. I got him at forty to one. He's like fifteen oh. to one now. You know, to win Rookie of the Year, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I feel pretty good about some of these, but. I kind of wanted to bounce around and, and get to some of these, but I wanted to start with one topic that you and I were texting about and uh, we saw them play last night and they lost in overtime. Uh, what is your confidence meter? What's going on with your thoughts about the Chicago Bulls? So Scotty Barnes yesterday tips in at a, a, a bucket with 0.7 seconds left. They go on to win in overtime, 127 to 120. Bulls still, I think they're still the one seed right now as of Friday yeah. in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think you're good about the, the win total for the most part, but how about this? I talked to Brian Windhorst during the week on the edge. Yeah. Uh, ESPN's projections have them as the most likely finishing seventh in the Eastern Conference. Okay, so I have them over 42 and a half, and I think maybe over 43. I got to double check over 43 and a half. Mm-hmm. So I need 11 and 12 wins if I do have over 43 and a half the rest of the way. And I got to tell you, I'm not even that confident they're going to get their JVT. Really? Um, I think you can forget about the division, but I don't know who's going to win the division um, because the Cavaliers had a couple of bad losses this week. Oh, did that sting? And I, I, so I have the Bulls 12 to one to win the division. And I have, I looked today knowing that I was coming on with you um, early to mid November, like around the 12th, 11th and 12th. I've had the Cavaliers at hundred to one to win the division. Nice. So I just, I cannot have the bucks obviously win this thing. Right. Um, and the one on the Cavaliers you know, it's, it's not a big bet, but hundred to one adds up quickly. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I would gladly take it. No doubt. Um, so I don't think the bulls, I mean, what I would like to do is with this, I would, um, and we can't do this in Las Vegas unless you know of a spot, you know, uh, this week when they had their, their win, was it over Orlando? It wasn't the first, their win total, the running win total moved all the way up to 49 and a half, man, would I love to come back and go for a middle shot? I, there's to me, I would be blown away. And then, you know, you want, if they get to 50 wins, I'll gladly lose that bet. I would yep. love to come back at that under 49 and a half right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bummer. It's uh, we've talked about this before, but the, uh, the market's a little behind in terms of what it's offering. DraftKings has that running win totals uh, uh, that get adjusted like almost every single contest. And that'd be a good way to hedge off of those too. And you could, that's a really good middle to set up for yourself. What six wins uh, worth a cushion for them to fall in there. And I'm not about- even that confident they go over 42 and a half. So yep. I, I think they will, but um, put it this way. They're the one seed, as you said. We talked to uh, you always talked to Aaron Rennie. We had him on today. So right now they're the one, and the Hawks who won again last night. They're playing damn good basketball. They're seven games back, but they're the ten. Rennie gave a really good answer at the very end. He goes, "I would, I would right now if they played in a seven-game series, he'd make the Hawks a favorite." Yep. How about I that? I would too. Well, yep. but here's here's the fair part. Of the to be clear on that though. If they played right now, it would be because they would be playing the Hawks, one of the best offensive teams in the NBA, with that their two best perimeter defenders, right? It'd be yeah, Alex Russo and, and Lonzo Ball. And, like, they're going to come back at some point. So, like, cause I was throwing this around on the podcast last week, and I, I know I texted this to you about the 12-1 to 1 to miss the postseason, to miss the postseason, right? Because yeah. you fall into the play-in tournament. And for, for those out there, remember, a play-in does not equal playoffs. So right. you have to win the play-in berth for them to cash your ticket on the yes to make the playoffs or the no to make the playoffs. Because they're because you're thinking about potentially falling into a play in bracket, Mitch, with any one of the Nets, the Raptors, the Hornets, the Celtics, or the Hawks. Like that's <laughs> that's a brutal play in bracket if they're going to flip down to seven and like all of a sudden, like sure, like and here's the thing too. Let's just paint this scenario: 
let's say they finish seventh, right? Okay, cool. You get the top play in. Yeah, but the Nets finish eighth and you get Kyrie Irving and James oh. Harden and Kevin Durant coming to Chicago to play you. Like, okay, well, that's fine. You can lose that, but then you got to play host to the Hawks, right? Like it's, it's, it's such an incredible scenario for the Eastern Conference as a whole, but for Chicago too, because they're, I think they're going to slide because their defense is going to be really bad. Like it's been bad for the last five or six games now. Yep. Just can they avoid that, se- that seventh seed? Because if it does, man, that gets dicey. And you know what? It's honestly, it's just, it's everything that you said is spot on. It, it honestly, it kind of sucks because I was, you know, obviously very high in the Bulls before the year and it was working out that way. And the, pe- the pieces that they got in the offseason, I mean, did, did you see that people love the Caruso signing in the offseason? Because NBA people who I follow were blown away at him and how he was playing with the Bulls before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. Guy was awesome. I mean, I think it was a good piece. I didn't think it was going to be like, like, you know, I know you love these long-term futures. If he played all year long, like we're talking like fringe defensive player of the year candidate, how good is, he's been you think that defense. could? I, I thought he was, I thought like, I didn't think he was going to be like, I think he's a good defender, but the way that right. he played, I thought was so incredible. And at one point, I don't know, I have to double check this, but he was like leading the league in steals. Like he's been incredible for them defensively. If awesome. you look at some of the defensive numbers with him and on and off the court, they go from one of the best defensive teams in the NBA to one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. Like I, I was blown away about how good he was. Like I figured it was a good signing. Right. I didn't know it was going to be that good, you know? No, neither did I. I had no idea. I figured DeRozan would be a good signing, like a really good signing. And that turned out to be even way better than I anticipated. I mean, for him, like to be in the MVP ladder, like top five for a while, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know exactly. I'm checking a little bit, but, I, you know, with all these injuries, who knows? But I don't think he's going to win it. But, I mean, DeRozan's having a hell of a season. And, you know, right now, tied with Miami for the one seed. And you're exactly right. I mean, look at think about this. They're four and a half up on Toronto, who they lost to last night. And Toronto's the seven. And like you said, the Nets are the six. They're game and a half up on, on Toronto. And they're game and a half up on Charlotte. So that scenario that you threw out there could absolutely happen. Yep. And the Celtics, too, by the way, watch out, because they've won five yep. out of six games. And Playing good they basketball. Have, yep. They have found their way up to third in defensive efficiency. Like, they're, uh, wow. they're – I don't know how good they are offensively. Like, they, their crunch time offense is just dreck. I don't know if you watched the end of that Hornets game they played the other night. I laid four and a half with them and I needed a, a turnover and a Robert Williams dunk with like three seconds left to cover because they're so bad offensively in these crunch time situations. But defensively, man, the Celtics are one of the best teams in the NBA. Like you're talking about, you could take on one of the best defensive teams, one of the best offensive teams and the Nets in a play in tournament. Like it's, it's, it's absolutely insane the way these that two is wild. And, and by, um, by the way, um, go ahead. with the Celtics, they've been kind of the antithesis of the Suns. Right. I mean, because yep. how, how many blown leads um, and probably wins do the Celtics have this year where they were? I mean, that was like the that was the story of the season right away. And it's just like, my God, it's happening again. They're going to blow like a 25 point lead. Yep. They did it. And then uh, that Hornets game, going back to it really quickly, they did it again in there. They're up by five and Tatum gets called for a technical because he's sitting there screaming at the ref mm-hmm. and, and it, it cuts it down to a one point game. And you're like, are you guys f- kidding me? Like you're doing this again? <laughs> like what is happening? And they, they, they pull it out. But uh, sure enough. Oh yeah, you we can curse. I'll bleep it out. Yeah, remember. yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, so your central is all tied up. So you got the Bulls twelve to one, Cavs one hundred to one. Did you end up hedging with Milwaukee? I know we talked about that in private. Did you end up doing anything with that? So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm still. I still got the cough. I mean, I, I can't shake it. Save a life. It's unbelievable. Had I had COVID on uh, beginning on January 11th. Can't shake the cough. Um, I did. I did buy a little bit back. So I, what okay. I would do is with this is because. They got down to, I think it was $1.10 or minus 120 in that range. And I thought, you know what, uh, with all the Bulls problems, and but I, well, I said it was too bad for the, for, the, for the Bulls. How about for the Cavaliers? I mean, honestly, if, there's, if Rubio never got hurt, Sexton, same thing. Um, boy, oh boy, they'd be the story of the year. And they might be anyway. But um, 
So I did come in with a little bit, but what I did there is I protected kind of the bets that I made already and the other two, and then I would win double that a little bit. So um, that's where I'm at right now. And I could at some point add a little bit more, more in the bucks at minus 110 if I wanted to, but I don't know if I'm going to or not. Okay. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress... They gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, now, I know that you had um, Duarte at the beginning of the year. What, you get him at like 41 to win Rookie of the Year? Yeah, like you, I, I have, I think I have like really good numbers on the Rookie of the Year, but that's going to be a, um, that's going to be a lost cause for me. It looks like I'm going to lose the Rookie of the Year battle because I have, I have really good numbers on him. I got Scotty Barnes at a terrific number, but it's like Mobley's minus $3 and David Thorpe called him 
Tim Duncan 2.0 already yesterday with us. And he, he absolutely loves Mobley. And so I don't think I, I don't think I have a chance to win that award. Yeah. Out of all the futures that I have, uh, I've got Mobley at three to one uh, to win, uh, to win rookie of the year. And that's the, out of every number I've got, uh, even with the Jaron Jackson jr. Which we'll get to at 301. Um, I feel most confident there. And, and here's the thing, like, because Mobley, you mentioned it, like they have narrative, like this whole Cavs thing. He's been such a big part of what they've been able to do defensively. Uh, like you said, there's there's so the reason why I bet him and I, I stress this and I'll point this again to all the podcast listeners. The one thing that I do all season long, and it's a big reason why I got Julius Randle last year, 22 to one, or it's why I bet Lonzo or excuse me, LaMelo Ball the second he got injured to win rookie of the year when he moved to a plus price, uh, because you know, I, I listen to a lot of these podcasts, Mitch, these voters will tell you what they're thinking. That's great. You know what I mean? And you get an insight on how these guys are thinking. Brian Windhorse and uh, it was Tim McMahon and um, Tim Bontemps. They do a podcast, Hoop Collective, together. Yep. In, in November, when I made the bet, they spent 35 minutes talking about how he is by far one of the best rookies in the class, if not the best rookie in the class. They were talking, I think it's Mike Schmitz, their draft analyst. Uh, Windhorse had him on, was talking about how incredible it's been, how they've never seen it before. I'm like, this guy's going to win. Like, I know it's only November. But there's no slowing him down. His defensive game is translates throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, that's where he's at right now. I will say this. If anybody gets him, I don't think it's Scotty Barnes. I, voters are, for lack of a better term, kind of stupid. And I think they're going to see some of these numbers that Kate Cunningham is starting to put up offensively. Oh, oh don't say that. And, and I, I, if anybody – I'm saying if anybody cuts his legs out underneath him and wins this award by something stupid, I, I think it would be Kate Cunningham. You think so over Barnes? I think so. maybe because, like I said, because while That's Barnes has been great, yeah. it, it takes you watching Barnes to realize how good he really has been, right? Like his stats are solid, but like if you if you watch him, you realize how impactful he really is on the floor for the Toronto Raptors, right? It, with with um, with Cade Cunningham, it's hey the other night he had a nineteen point triple double. Hey yeah. the other night he had thirty points and it's like four blocks and like his his are just so much more aesthetically pleasing to a voter who's not paying attention that he's going to steal a couple of votes. I think. Yeah, that's too bad because when you go back and look at Barnes's game log from earlier in the year, like every game was a good game. I mean, maybe he wasn't putting up a triple double, but he's playing 30 to 40 minutes, if not more per game. And like a typical, I'm looking right now, 23 and 12, 21, eight and six, 12, five and three, 18, nine and five, uh, 13 and seven. That was December. Um, I could go on and on and on and on. Barnes has been awesome so far. And by the way, for the record, that's the other guy that uh, David Thorpe was just uh, praising up and down the other day. He thinks that uh, Mobley and Barnes are like future MVP guys pretty much. Really? Yeah, he loves them both. Uh, Barnes is good. Last night, his little tip in uh, to send him to overtime. Like he just does so many little things well. He's always in the right spot. Uh, he is a pleasure to watch. So, it, but, but it's safe to say it's those three. Like I said, like I got Franz Wagner. He's 15 to one. I got him at 40 to one. It's a great ticket, but it's not really going to mean anything uh, right. in the long run at all at this point. So, I think Rookie you tipped me off so to much. Wagner. I think because I got a good number on him as well. But that's it's gonna. I think was it four? Did you tell me it was forty to one? Or I, anyway, I got to yeah. go back and look at that one. I got a good, really good number on him, like you, because of you. We were at the Westgate, yeah, and I was telling, him, I was like, watch out because you. There, I think he had a month. It was like November where he was averaging. He was averaging like nineteen points and like shooting forty five percent from three. And it was Killing he it. had a really good stretch. He was and he's really good, man. It's actually non betting like topic. The young guys, like this rookie class, like every single year, the rookie classes look like more and more competent when they come in. Yep. Like if you look at the top of this rookie class, with like Mobley, Cunningham, Bogner, Barnes, Josh Giddy's been freaking awesome. Yep. If nobody watches the Thunder, but he's been freaking awesome. Uh, Io Desunmu is just plugged right in with the Chicago Bulls. It's like an, a really good role player for them. Duarte's done a good job. So, Oh, uh, JVT, let me give you another one. Yeah. Uh, Kaminga is an absolute beast. Dog, yeah. I love that dude's game. Yep. 
and what the Warriors are doing where they're just like, yeah, go get fouls, man. Like, it's fine. But like, you're just so athletic and springy and you do so many good oh, things. God. Like, Absolutely. we'll just let you work out the kinks. And he's been so great to watch. Yep. Man, it's a, yeah, the basketball is in a good spot. All right. So rookie of the year out of the way. Uh, before we get to the important markets, which is defensive player of the year, uh, some team futures in terms of NBA finals. Uh, do you have anything in the other niche markets? Did you, you go coach of the year, six man of the year, uh, most improved player? Do you touch any of those? I got the T-Wolves coach at a nice number. Yep, me and you both. You actually put that in for me. Yep, Chris Finch. Um, he's not going to win. No. He's going to – you know what? He's going to – if the Timberwolves keep this up, make the playoffs, and hell, dare I get nuts here and say win that division, I mean, he's going to pick up some serious steam. He's not going to win. There are too many other good stories in the NBA. Um, I have him there. Most improved, I'm on Maxi at a super high number. Um, I'm also on Malik Monk at a gigantic number. Mm -hmm. He He's a little too, if he could string together like some of these games that are back-to-back, because -back, he'll go for 31, then he'll have seven, then he'll have 22, and then he'll have five. You know, If he could go for a month where it's like every game is 27, 28 points with, with or without LeBron, I think Monk could pick up some steam, but I think that's going to be a dead end. And I just, I think the number with Morant is silly to me. I mean, because, and I say that because John Morant was already awesome and he was a number two pick in the draft. I don't like the idea of giving him the most improved player award. I think he looks at that probably as an insult and I would agree well, with him on that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so I, I can tell you that he does. So we had uh, Drew Hill on who works for the, uh, the Daily Memphian that covers the Grizzlies on a day-to-day -day basis. And he told us that he was like, uh, he told me, he was like, look, he's like, um, John Moran has actually made it known. He doesn't want the award. He doesn't want to win most improved. Now, how that affects voters who are actually going to vote for it, who knows, right? But Morant has been vocal. He's been vocal for two players on, on his team, right? He's been vocal, and we've seen it a lot lately, Jaron Jackson Jr. to win Defensive Player of the Year. But he's been pushing Desmond Bain uh, to win most improved player. And he's right. been vocally said that he doesn't want it. So I do wonder if that affects the outcome here. Because you're talking about, yeah, he's minus $4 to win this. I've got Darius Garland at 16 to 1 to win it. Um, and Garland's been incredible with what he's done as a player and in, in improving his efficiency. Yeah. But I, I'm really curious to see uh, if that affects the market or if voters in any way whatsoever. But because I agree with you, he's been freaking awesome. He's improved in some categories, but to the point to call him the most improved player, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So if he doesn't win the award for a second, first of all, Garland, great candidate and a nice number, very nice number, 16 to 1. Um, is Miles Bridges going to be the guy, though, if Morant doesn't? Or do you think DeJounte Murray can track them both down? Or who wins this thing then? So I, I, don't, I don't think it's Bridges, mainly because, and I did this blind resume like a month ago, and, but it, it also it ties into the most improved player race from last year. So last year, if you remember, at one point, Jeremy Grant got to as high as like minus $5 to win this thing. Yep, yep. And the only thing he did was he went to Detroit and started taking a bunch more shots and scoring some more points. Like his efficiency numbers were down across the board. He was shooting it poorly from the floor, shooting it poorly from three. That's what Bridges has done this year. Bridges, he's just, he's playing more minutes. He's shooting the ball more. And while his points per game are up, which everybody loves, his efficiency across the board is down. And so like, I wonder if, and I think this is the case because we saw it play out last year, Julius Randle ended up winning it because his numbers across the board, efficiency wise, his passing, Right, everything had improved as opposed to just, hey, I'm taking more shots and scoring more points. And I think the voters actually see that. So I think Bridges is a little fraudulent at seven to one. Like I wouldn't really put him up there. So I would agree with you. Like DeJounte Murray, who has become like a sneaky triple double machine, who is the Spurs best player at 18 to one, would be really good. And I do think Bain, who has kept up a 40% mark while taking like, I think like six or seven more attempts per game uh, from beyond the arc. 
that's an incredible resume to put forward if you're keeping up your efficiency at such a high level with such a big spike in terms of shot attempts, you know? Yeah, totally. No, totally agree with that. Um, the, by the way, the thing with Murray is too, they he was on a stretch here. I'm double checking his numbers right now, but the they could not catch up with his player props fast enough because he exploded and never really settled down. Like his player props, the assist per game, they were, I mean, they got to like eight and a half like over probably minus 135 or 140, I think. But like, go back and look at him from mid-January on. Like, every, like it was, a, he, you're right. He's a double-double or a triple-double machine. His assists were 14, 10, 12, 10, 11, 10, 10 the other night. Mm-hmm. Scattered throughout. A lot of times landing on eight or nine before the number were actually adjusted. Uh, and you were actually finding good numbers on him to have a double-double or a triple-double. So he's been, if... Boy, I mean, that's a that's another scenario. Somebody threw out like uh, before the season, maybe the Sixers and Spurs had a talk about uh, Simmons for Murray and White. Well, now the Sixers, no chance the Spurs would do that now, I wouldn't think. But what would the Sixers would be like if they had DeJounte Murray and, and White on their team? Right. No, I would agree with that. That would that would be really good. <laughs> that And that's what they need, right? Like an impact guard who can be – and like Maxie's been pretty good for him, but like Maxie yeah. alongside of DeJounte Murray with Joel Embiid, like that would be – I mean, I think maybe Murray's part of the package, potentially. I'm not good with putting these together, but I would agree with that. So let me give you really quickly. You want a sneaky, most improved candidate. Sure. Uh, So he has so far now started 19 games this season. He's been part of his team starting lineup lately because of injuries and absences. He's gone from eight points per game to 16 points per game. So he's doubled the scoring output. Let me guess before you tell me. Okay. Who? No, go ahead. Continue. continue. Okay. And like, so his shooting has gone up or excuse me, his, uh, his attempts have gone up because of the spike in minutes and starts, uh, but efficiency has dipped, but not a lot, right? He goes from 42% shooting on 4.43 point attempts per game last year to 39% shooting on 7.1 attempts uh, per game this year from beyond the arc. So pretty good across the board. He's averaging about two and a half more assists per game. Who do you think it is? It's gotta be Simons. Yep. Anthony Simons. He's 70 to one to win it. Uh, that's really good. That's, that's really good by you. That's a great catch. Yeah, he's, and he's been, for those of because, you know, again, Damian Lillard's been out. He's been thrust into the limelight in terms of being a starter. Yep. He's been really good for them. And lately, it's just been consistently 20 points here or there. He had a 31-point right. performance against uh, Washington in the middle of the month. Uh, that was back on, like, the 15th or something like that. He had a 43-point outburst against the Hawks uh-huh. uh, at the beginning of the month. He's, he's improved dramatically. And See, if you go back to – let me see this really quickly. From January 3rd up to this point, Mitch, he has played and started in 16 games. He's averaging 22.8 points per game, shooting 41% from three-point range and 45% from the floor, while averaging six and a half assists per game. That's – that dude, that's – I'm going to have to get down on that. Um, <laughs> that's what I needed from Malik Monk when I bet right. him. When I bet him, he was playing really well, but Monk hasn't done that, and Simon says, obviously, and – boy, you can still grab him at 71. Uh, that's not going to be there for much longer, I don't think. No, I wouldn't think so either. I mean, it, it's it, the fact that and, – and here's the thing, too, with most improved, because I think people will get scared off the market, especially this year, for two reasons. One, because Morant's such a big favorite and they think that he's going to win it. But the other is improved is so subjective, right? Like, you oh, know, yeah. as a voter, I could say that points per game shows me that uh, – you know, I had somebody arguing with me the other day. Actually, it was like a month ago. Um, like, no, points per game is the is the qualifier for improvement. I'm like, no, it's, like, it's not in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But you could have somebody vote for that, right? Like, we've, we've seen voters leave off Anthony Davis on Defensive Player of the Year candidates and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised. But, like, in an award like that, where it takes a voter looking at a resume and being like, you know what, I think that is most improved, 
you could totally get somebody like Anthony Simons coming out of nowhere to win it. Yep, absolutely. You can. I'm going to shop around for prices on him, see what I can yeah, find today. Yeah, well, and check out. I mean, Boyd's had some pretty like inflated numbers on some guys to win uh, some of these awards. I've been actually surprised. You know, MGM has had a pretty good selection for the most part the last couple of years in terms of awards. Yep. But when you turn me on to Boyd and what they offer, like it's, it's pretty shocking, like the, they, uh, the amount of awards that they offer. The, the problem is, like, they're, I'm looking right now, they only have two awards up the way it looks. Yeah. Um, so they're like, you know, one day they'll have seven awards up. The next, you know, two, you know, two to four days, they'll have like one award up. You're like, well, hold on here. Um, so does, does MGM have that up right now? Most improved? Uh, sixth man, rookie. I don't see it. I don't think they have it up yeah. right now. Um, I'll be on the lookout. I'm looking at WinBet right now. They don't have it up. They, they, they have, they actually have most improved. They don't have them listed. They don't have Simon's listed, huh? Nope, not even listed. Ah, man. Mm. And that's the thing that sucks is when you ask, they'll probably be like, eh, eh. 10 to 1. Yeah, right, right. 50. Well, when was, uh, to tell a quick story, it was kind of funny. Uh, so Mo Pearson, who works over there, um, uh, who does a really good job, and he's a fun follow on Twitter. But uh, So somebody man. pointed out that the 500 to 1 thing on Jaron Jackson Jr. to win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. And, and so Mo tweets him like, hey, you know, uh, congrats. We're all pulling for you. And then within hours, he's eight to one at win <laughs> to, to, to win most of, or to win defensive player of the year. So uh, if you if you put it on their radar and all of a sudden bets start popping up, they'll move these things quick. Like you said, uh, long shots, 70, 80, 100 to one. They add up pretty quickly if, if you're taking a couple of bets on them. So, hey, uh, I'm looking at Caesars right now. They have them at 80. Oh, that's okay. um, that's on the Caesars app. I believe I downloaded the Caesars uh, Arizona app. OK, hmm. where's Jonah? A short jaunt away. I know. I have to take that up. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, really quickly, because uh, we've uh, I know you're not feeling 100%. You're, we've taken a good amount of your time. All right, let's go to this. We'll just get your thoughts. How are you feeling on Defensive Player of the Year? Because uh, Rudy Gobert continues to miss time. Uh, Draymond Green was on TNT last night, talked about, like, I'm coming back and winning Depoy. Uh, we'll see if that's going to be the case. His injury sounds a lot more serious than initially thought. I don't know if you saw the PR update from the Warriors. It's funny, it came out when we had Windhorst on, on the air. Uh, and he was like, yeah, you know, this is just coming out, and this doesn't sound very good. And they updated his status, and they were saying, yeah, we'll update it later. So huh. Go, Gobert and Draymond are on the shelf for now, and it seems like it's going to be there for a while. Uh, John Morant continues to push Jared Jackson Jr. for this award. Right. And there's real conversation around him now to potentially win this. How do you feel about uh, our long shots here on Jaren? I feel decent. I don't feel great. Uh, yep. uh, and by the way, so and you can correct me on this, on the timeline of uh, Green, but when we were on the air today, something came across like on the ticker that said Green's going to miss at least the next three to four weeks. Okay, that sounds about right, because the PR update said that uh, – actually, yeah, I can pull up the PR update really quickly, because it was another one of those vague messes that's like, we'll reevaluate him, and like, and there was a date. So that's probably where that headline comes from, like going to miss the next three to four weeks. Okay, yeah. So and as you mentioned about Gobert, so if that – I mean, if Green's going to be out for a long time and Gobert somehow continues to miss time, I mean, Jackson at some point is going to slot – I think he's going to go above Giannis because this is going to turn into a thing. Um because now books have liability on him for sure. And John Moran is pushing for him. And if he continues to play, like if he has a February, like he had in January, if he repeats that, I mean, he was unbelievable. And those mm-hmm. games where he had like back-to-back blocks were six of them and like the, all the steals and um, that narrative begins to like grow a little bit. Um, I think he gets in the mix, but also I know what Wendy told you and he didn't sound like hundred percent convinced. And I'll throw out David Thorpe again uh, one more time because we had him on the show this week and like, look, I mean, David Thorpe is a, he's been evaluating players for a long, long time. He's been in this racket for, you know, NBA stuff for like 30 plus years. He was super high on Luca. I mean, like ridiculously high. He, he told people when Luca was playing overseas, his team in Croatia would come over and I think North Carolina won the title that year. He goes, people don't understand. Luca's team would beat them by 40. Like it would not be a contest. He would, they would destroy them. They're that good. He was actually higher on Jaron Jackson than Luca. Love the guy. Wow. And so with that being said, he thinks it's going to be a problem with him winning defensive player of the year because he's never been in the mix before. Yep. Like his name has never been like he all, he thought he was going to be this defensive player from day one, like as a rookie, he thought he was going to be Evan Mobley before Evan Mobley. So that's why he's got like too much of an uphill battle in his mind. But I would tell you that in my opinion, there's a lot of basketball left. Right. Well, and here's the thing. So that actually echoes what Windhorse told us on the show, which was, you know, I told him, I was like, look, I got 301 on him. Uh, that's been like kind of a betting story. You know, what do you make of his chances? And he, he go, I think the way he said it was, so I understand why you saw value there, but you're asking if a player who has never been in contention for the award before yep. can win it. And he's like, I, he's like, I couldn't give you a really good answer, but he seemed pretty tepid about it. And, and to me, it's kind of bothersome when you think about it from that perspective, 
right? Because Defensive Player of the Year is just a like it's a, a reputation based award, right? Yes, but, it is. It is. And Rudy Gobert is a really good defender, but it's why he wins it as often as he does because you know it's just a fallback. Hey, Rudy Gobert, like this year is going to test these voters in terms of how often they watch these games and what that really means. And like I, I, I think in a year like this where the top two guys are missing a lot of games, and by the way, the Jazz actually aren't that good defensively this year, even with You're Rudy right. Gobert out there. Yeah, like it shouldn't be fair where you're looking at a guy who's putting up the numbers he is in terms of rim protection and going, yeah, but he's never really been in contention before. I, that, you know what I mean? Weird. That's weird. You know what that is? That's like um, major league baseball. When you have a breakout player who's like 22 years old, whose numbers at the break are incredible. And you have this legend who's been around 30, you know, he's 37 years old and his numbers are pedestrian, but it's like, well, he's going to, we're going to vote him to the, because it's the all-star game, right? So his yep. name is much bigger. We can't get a 22 year old. Who cares? Well, that's silly. That's dumb. I mean, the, the player deserves it more. If he's 22 years old and his numbers are way better. I know I've had that discussion a zillion times like going back a lot of years, but that's kind of what it is to me. And you have to recognize greatness when it's happening. And if he's good enough to win it, he's got to win the award then. Yep. Absolutely agree. All right. Uh, <clears throat> two more markets to get your thoughts on. Uh, so you mentioned we, we've got Finch coach of the year. Uh, the other ticket that I feel the best about that I've got outside of Mobley at three to one, I, I've got about, I got plus six ninety five on the Timberwolves to make the playoffs. Oh, that's uh, good. I, I bet it before the season started. So hopefully they can avoid the play in uh, either way. It does look like they're, they're locked into like that six, seven, eight range. So hopefully they get the top seed in the play and can make their way in. Um, do you have anything in terms of make the playoffs outside of the, the ones that we've discussed? No, not to make um, my, the two best tickets that I have probably. Well, I like, I do like the Jackson ticket. I, I, I don't yeah. love it at this point. Hopefully we do grow into loving that thing. Cause I'll tell you, I'm taking a good week of work off. I think. Oh, that, that <laughs> trust me. Uh, I'm already making plans. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> if that happens. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That'll be a nice one. Um, yep. But the, the two, I probably feel the best. Well, number one for me is Tyler hero. I have him 15 to one to be six man of the year. Oh, good for you. Minus so, eleven hundred, good for you. That that's that. Yeah, that I feel by far and away the best about that. But then I I do have the Nuggets at twenty to one to win their division, and you know, nice. yeah. So who knows? I mean, they're two what two and a half back now. I think of the Jazz. Um, so we'll see. Although, um, I don't. Somebody put it to me this way uh, the other day. Without Joker, they're like uh, a YMCA team. Oh, they're worse than the Pistons. They're worse than any of the bad teams. Pick them. They're worse. You think so? The worst team in the NBA without Joker. Oh, like statistically, it's not even, it's not even close. Like their net rating with him off the floor is like negative, I think like 13 or something. I'll pull it up right now. It's, it's atrocious. Well, I, that's another one too. I have MB 12 to one to win the MVP. I have nothing on Joker for a second consecutive year. And I I mean, Joker, I mean, I think voters, it feels to me like trying to read the room. It feels like voters are, for some reason, reluctant to give him the award. Uh, I know they were last year because they were making the case for like 20 guys before him. Or maybe we were. I don't remember what, how that exactly went. But um, do you think he repeats as the MVP? Or do you think they look at Embiid and they say, well, there's no Simmons. They you know, might win their division. Embiid's been a monster. We're going to give it to him this year. So I think – so I've always been on this side of the fence, right? It has always annoyed me when it comes to MVP awards, no matter like what, what sport it is. They, we do this like – we had this conversation with Mike Trout in baseball. Who cares if the team sucks, right? Because yeah. they could be a thousand times worse if it wasn't for this guy. And, and like for, so to give you the numbers too, I pulled them up. Nikola Jokic, when he is off the floor, they have a negative 16.1 net rating. That's to, just... give, to give anybody an idea, the Pistons are last in net rating this year at negative 9.9. So like, that's what the, that's what the Nuggets are without Nikola Jokic on the floor. Wow. It's incredible what he's been able to do with them. The fact that they're over 500 and competing for their division should be enough for him to win 
MVP. And by the way, when he's on the floor, Mitch, net rating goes from negative 16 to plus 10. So they literally go from the worst team in the NBA to the best team in the NBA statistically when he's on the floor. Like it's to me, there is no greater sense of value than that right there. So like he's my personal favorite to an MVP. Now, will he do it? I don't know. Like you said, there seems to be this weird fatigue with him, even though he only won it last year. I know, right? And by the way, I think he, and he shouldn't have, but I think he kind of won it by default because nobody else could make a case for anybody else around him because everybody kept getting injured. Yep. But I think what's ultimately going to win out here is Embiid's been an MVP contender, but hasn't had enough games under his belt for a really long time. And he's got one of the strongest weapons in his, in his arsenal, which is narrative. And he's going to drag the 76ers to potentially a top four seed without one of their best players who's still in the books in Ben Simmons. And I think a lot of voters are going to see that and say, well, well Nikola Jokic is only a six seed in the Western Conference. And they're, no. going to, they're not going to vote for him. And it's yeah. going to be a bead to win it. I think I think you might be right with that. I think you might nail that. They'll look yeah, at where they with the Nuggets and probably not even consider that the two best players outside of uh, Joker on that team have been missing. And you know that's it's. I wonder if that's because Mountain Time Zone as well. I mean, I say that, yeah. but but Freak Freak is in the in the Midwest and he gets built up like he's LeBron almost. So yeah. it's it's all very confusing to me. Yep, I, I don't know, man. It's it's it's. Uh, I say it's annoying because, like I said, standing shouldn't matter if you're the most valuable player to your team I by agree. a mile. Uh, then you should be in contention for the award. 100%. Uh, man. All right. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything in the futures market. Um, yeah. uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing it. Uh, we'll- hey, uh, let, me, let me throw one more at you real yeah. quick, real quick. Yeah. The, I, I'm looking right now. The odds on the number one player in the draft have moved quite a bit. Jabari Smith, I'm looking at one book right now, uh, minus 150. Ooh, really? So I don't know if you're following the market at all, but we talked to Jay Billis earlier this week as well. Here I am name dropping like crazy, but yeah. Billis said he would absolutely take him. No, he said, he's like, he said, don't get me wrong. No, don't. He's like, it's Durant, but not Durant. He's like, he's that good. Interesting. Yeah. My thing is, was, so with this, and, and like, it's, it's always like this with these drafts, it's, we get in the heat of the moment because Smith's had a great year and, I, and I'm starting to track it a little bit. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, when these guys start just like getting measured, right. And going to the combine and doing all these things. Sure. Chet Holmgren was such a massive favorite before the year started to be the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're going to see the pendulum start to swing back in the direction of him being the first guy. And also like, we don't know what the draft order is. Like that's also going to be like something that really, oh, for the yeah. most part, bad teams will just take anybody. Yep. Right. But it depends on the fit and what's going on and who's going to be that top overall pick. But I can understand why he's like favored because that's all we're talking about here. It's, it's, it's funny when Gonzaga and Duke played, it was like, Hey man, Paolo Bencaro and uh, Chet Holmgren. This is a battle of potentially top number one picks and yeah. the top pick of the NBA draft. And how all of a sudden like, nah, it's a guy in Auburn. Like Jamari <laughs> Smith is doing a really good job. So I think it just goes with like the flavor of the month that right now and rightfully so, because Auburn's freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's Jabari Smith, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. No, it's, that's well said. I can't wait so. to get to that though. That's going to be great. All right, Mitch Moss, follow the money. I have kept you long enough. I appreciate the time, dude. And again, uh, yeah, when Jaron Jackson, we'll put the positive vibes out there. When Jaron Jackson Jr. wins Defensive Player of the Year, uh, let's take the same week off, and uh, I will abandon my family for – I'll leave him some money. <laughs> I'll abandon my family for a couple of days to go on a wild bender because that would be incredible. Oh, well, we, we have to plan something for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. I do a great job. Thanks. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, 
Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.